Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, guys, to episode number 62 of the Followers of the Force podcast. I am one of your hosts, David Triana, along with Jason Williams. Hello! And Gwendy Wren. Good evening. How are you doing? And, guys, today uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But, first of all, I am a little sad to announce that I did not win at Star Wars Trivia last night. Aw. I was wondering about it. I saw that on Twitter. I was like... (laughs) I didn't know if you were. I didn't know if you were asking for answers or you were just updating us. No. But I kept checking in periodically to see how you were doing. Yes. Yeah, so, so me and my girlfriend, we went to uh, this trivia night, and there were a lot of teams there. Um, I went with my podcast shirt and everything, and I was just like, represent? "Okay, huh? You gotta represent." Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's a celebration. I'm representing. Exactly. Woo-hoo. So hmm. we're sitting there, and then they're like, "Okay." During the contest, you're going to put your phones in these to-go boxes that are going to be on your table. That way, nobody can use phones, nobody can cheat, whatever, whatever. So, I got every single regular question right. So, I think in total, there were like uh, 60, what was it, 65 points possible or something um, in both halves. But the halftime question that they did and then the final question that they did were the ones that got me, like, real bad. Because one of them was you had to match the city to the planet. And then they uh-huh. gave you, like, uh, Cloud City, which is easy. And then they gave you Fraladasia. And I was oh. like, where the hell is that? Apparently it was on Mustafar. Uh, I didn't think Mustafar had any cities. Me neither. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so either. <laughs> me neither. And where then, is that canon? Yeah, I, I have no idea. And mind you, this <laughs> Was is... that your argument, Dave? Is that canon? <laughs> <laughs> I should have yelled that. And then they spelled I, – I should have gotten a, a bonus point for saying that Canto Bite, they misspelled it. They spelled it Canto Bright, and I should have oh. called them out on it. But it was Canto Bite. What planet was that on? I forgot the name of that planet. Uh, another one was Coronet City. Forgot where that was from, but it was from Corellia and Solo. Uh, and then the oh. last, and then the last question that. that I got wrong, and if I wouldn't have bet any points, I probably would have won. But I just said, okay, I'm betting the 10 points that they gave me was uh, in order who dies um, in the Death Star assault in A New Hope. And they gave you oh, Porkins. God. They gave you Porkins, um, Gold Leader, Red Leader, and Biggs. And I had Porkins and Biggs at the right spot, but I switched uh, Gold Leader and Red Leader. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I lost. Oh, you're so close. I yeah, I knew. So yeah, close. I knew Porkins. Yeah, yeah, I knew. It was, I know Biggs is last. Yeah, I know Biggs is last. I knew Porkins was first. I didn't know who were two oh, and oh, three. Oh, okay, I would have lost. I thought Porkins was second to last. 
Yeah. I thought once you got a name, you were farther down the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, whatever. But it was it was a fun time. I, I definitely do that do that again. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, but that is not why you guys are here. You don't want to listen to my uh, unfortunate oh, you lost shortcomings <laughs> at Star Wars trivia. But a lot of celebration news dropped today when we're recording this Friday, uh, March twenty second. So the full panel schedule is out right now. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read to you those as quickly as I can uh, based on each stage. So on the celebration stage, uh, there are no panels on Thursday, April 11th. Friday, April 12th, starting at 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., you have the Episode 9 panel. Uh, so already you know a trailer is going to drop. They're probably going to you know, have the actors on stage. Uh, it says Abrams, uh, let me see... Kathleen Kennedy and Star Wars Episode Nine director J.J. Abrams appearing on stage. You can count on plenty of surprises and special guests to keep your imagination buzzing for the rest of Celebration. Uh, live on the Celebration stage, streamed to the Galaxy and Twin Suns stages. Uh, then after that, you have the Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series panel, which is on the Oculus Rift. So that's the new uh, Vader series that's going to come out. Uh, then 4 to 5, you have the Creatures, Droids, and Aliens of Star Wars. And that concludes friday's panels then saturday 11 to 12 is the galaxy's edge panel on the celebration stage so they're going to give you new information about galaxy's edge uh then the galaxy-wide premiere of star wars jedi fallen order which is the new game coming out which sets uh takes place uh it comes from uh respawn and lucasfilm collaborated on this original star wars story following a young padawan's journey in the dark times following order 66 Says, and of course, we'll have a few surprises in store. Then, four to five, Sisters of the Force, a celebration of women in Star Wars. Sunday, April 14th, starts off with the panel for The Mandalorian, uh, which I'm very excited to see those. Uh, I have that's my Hamilton day. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Damn it, Jason. Although it's, at two, although it's at two o'clock, what time is the panel? The panel is from 11 to 12. I might be able so to So, you could make be that. able to make it. I could, I could theoretically still make it. Yeah. That. Uh, one thirty to two thirty in conversation with Alan Tudyk. So a little interview with him. Uh, three thirty to four thirty. Star Wars: The Clone Wars sneak peek, and that concludes Sunday, April fourteenth, on the celebration stage. Then Monday, April fifteenth, eleven a.m. to twelve p.m. is the Star Wars: The Phantom Menace twentieth anniversary celebration. Uh. We're turning the pages back with rare behind-the-scenes content and special guests brought together to share their memories and insight into the film's creation. Uh, then, 1.30 to 2.30, you got short stories with Warwick Davis. 3.30 to 4.30 is the Celebration Chicago Closing Ceremony. Now, moving on to the Star Wars Galaxy stage on Friday, April 12th. They're also streaming the Episode 9 panel. Uh, then 1.30 to 2.30 is a 20 years of the Lego Star Wars story, a retrospective and forward look. 3.30 to 4.30, the music of Star Wars with, uh, or the music of Star Wars The Phantom Menace with David Collins. Then 5.30 to 6.30, ILM presents Making Solo. Saturday, April 13th, 10.45 to 11.45, you have droids and animatronic creatures of Star Wars. 12.45 to 1.45, Star Wars Rebels Remembered. 3.30 to 4.30, Star Wars Cosplay Competition. 5.30 to 6.30, a Star Wars Let's Play. Uh, Sunday, April 14th, you got The Mandalorian, uh, which is streaming onto that stage. 
115 to 215, Doug Chang, The Evolution of Star Wars Design, Designing Episode mm. 1, 315 to 415, ILM Model Shop, Building a Galaxy. Monday, April 15th, they'll be streaming the Phantom Menace 20th Anniversary Celebration to that stage. Then 130 to 250 p.m., Star Wars Resistance Season 2 Sneak Peek. Uh, Celebration Chicago's closing ceremony, 3.30 to 4.30. Uh, and that concludes the Galaxy stage. And then moving on to the Twin Suns stage, uh, Friday, April 12th, again, Episode 9, 1.15 to 2.30, Star Wars Collectibles Update with <laughs> Lucasfilm's Brian Merton. 3 to 4, Star Wars Hasbro, 4.45 to 5.45, Lucasfilm Publishing Panel. 6.30 to 7.30, I'll Take Droids for 500, Obi-Wan and Intergalactic Game Show. So you can win 500 bucks if you go to that. Uh, Might go to that one. Yes. I missed out on 300 last night, but that's besides the point. Saturday, <laughs> April 13th, uh, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., Inside Fantasy Flight Games, 1245, 145, Del Rey Behind the Scenes, 2.30 to 3.30, Marvel Comics Presents Star Wars, 4.15 to 5.15, Step Into Our Star Wars Stories, ILM uh, X-Lab, 5.45 to 6.45, Star Wars, The Force of Funko. Sunday, April 14th, Mandalorian streamed to the Twin Suns stage. 1 to 2, behind the scenes of the Cantina, 3.30 to 4.30, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Sneak Peek, uh, 5.30 to 6.30, Into the Archives. And Monday, April 15th, uh, 10.30 to 11.30, Lucasfilm Publishing, Writer's Roundtable, 12.15 to 1.15, Star Wars Celebration Tattoo Competition, Two to three, uh, check the celebration show app for updates. Um, three forty-five to four forty-five. IDW Publishing. The adventures continue, and that is it. So a lot of cool stuff happening uh, over the course of those days over in Chicago. What are you guys most interested in now? Do you reevaluate what you're gonna, you know, look forward to, or or is it still you know episode nine? Mandalorian, you know, the same set that you guys had before. I'm I'm there for the episode I've the episode 9 panel for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do they even say um uh, who's going to be there yet? No. Um, no. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, all that, we that, know is Kathleen Kennedy and um Kathleen and Kennedy JJ. And JJ. JJ Abrams. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm sure I, I I seriously doubt we will get through to the I seriously doubt we won't see somebody from the cast. I mean, Mark Hamill and Rose, uh, Rose Tico, uh, Kelly Kelly Marie Tran, and I right. think Daisy Ridley and John Boyega were were there for yeah they were for twenty seventeen yeah yeah and for the Force Awakens everybody was there right you know all the new actors um all the old actors right so I'm expecting a lot of people for this panel actually and if they have a panel they have a title why yeah. because they need to sell merchandise <laughs> and they'll be releasing that merchandise. And yep. in order to sell a merchandise, they need to have the title out because it'll be on the merchandise, right? Yep. Right. See, so, I'm, totally I'm right. concerned about being episode nine drunk um, <laughs> and just like <laughs> buying a bunch of merchandise with T-shirts That's and posters hoping. and stuff. I'm going to be I'm so worried I'm going to be so episode nine drunk and I'm like going to get like a second Uber to get back to my hotel with all the There's, crap I'm going to buy. Yeah. It makes no business sense for them not to release the title. Because oh, no. they can't sell the merch. Right. Why would you? And why would you put out a trailer without without the title on it? That makes right. no sense either. So yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, even though they keep putting out trailers for things, I still think in the next couple of weeks we'll still get a title. But I think that we did. We definitely aren't getting a trailer until celebration. I, th- I now. think. I think that's why they made it 
uh, the first panel of Celebration. Right. Is so Thursday, there are no panels. I wonder if uh, surprise because that's the thing. <clears throat> Thursday, let me check the uh, the Celebration website because if the show floor is open on Thursday, what stops people from going to the Celebration official store? And if they don't, unless they just don't have any episode nine merchandise available until Friday after the panel, which I would they imagine could that do. that would I, I would imagine that that is probably yeah. If 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 they don't announce the title before celebration, I I would imagine that that is the thing. Like none of these things hit the floor until right. until until the panel starts. Right, because it yeah. says here queuing is permitted for the Star Wars Celebration show floor, beginning at eight a.m. Thursday and six a.m. Friday through Monday. So. The show floor is going to be open on Thursday, but I think that they won't have anything for episode nine. And the only thing that we've gotten, and I don't know even know if it's real, um, but somebody posted on Twitter a few days ago some jackets from the uh, Creature Effects crew for episode nine. And it has yes. it says Star Wars episode nine, but the uh, color of the font is light blue. blue. That's a light blue. Um, which you'd figure, um, it kind of it makes it makes sense. Uh, so that's really the only thing we've gotten, and that hat that looks like a cross, but it's like they're throwing back to uh, kind of an old clone trooper design with the th- with the stormtrooper design, which I think mm-hmm. looks really cool. Um, oh yeah, that was a cool hat. Yeah. So when I'm when I'm episode nine drunk, I might buy one of those. Hats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. the light blue color itself. I mean, yellow, you know, was a was a color for excitement and new things. Mm-hmm. You know, the red was the conflict. Blue is a color for reconciliation. For uh-huh. it's a conciliatory color. It's peaceful. Yeah. It, it's a good way to end. And that, and that just the color alone gives you a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. yeah. So super excited by that color. I was hoping it would be blue. And and I think that is going to um, – I think what they'll do after the Episode Nine panel, and this is something that I remember them doing for – it's it's a real bizarre connection, but I think whenever the, the last Blair Witch movie came out, they were branding that movie as I think – I think it was called The Woods or something like that. And they mm-hmm. showed the trailer at San Diego Comic-Con, and they had all the stuff inside, you know, all the merchandise said – the woods or whatever the movie was called and then after the trailer played or after the movie played uh they the entire merchandise changed right after the movie and everything was blair witch so i wonder if they could pull something like that off for the people in the uh in the celebration stage that are there watching the trailer for the first time if while the lights are off they'll kind of like bring down some banners with the title the logo and everything um and then hand out posters like they did at uh celebration orlando will they do that i don't know because people are going to be constantly walking around it's going to be a little hard to do that outside of the room but i think they could pull it off inside the room i think that'd be pretty cool uh but but yeah you know as, as for me you know obviously episode nine interested to see galaxy's edge just because it's it's so close yeah um and and then the Mandalorian and pretty much I'm excited for everything, especially the the yeah. game. 
Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I figured you. Like, I you'd was be thinking. Into the game. Right. This, yeah. As soon as you said game, I'm like, ooh, I almost cut it and said, ooh, Danny, yeah. that's for you. Oh yeah, I'm so <laughs> excited for that. See for see for me, it was for me. It's 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 episode nine, the Mandalorian, and then yeah. the rest of it is just going to be the experience of it. Yeah. Um, because like I'm not going to go to I'm not going to go to California or Florida as far as I know anytime soon. So, oh. um, so I'll just have to live vicariously through whoever goes to the galaxy's <laughs> edge. Um. Did did I miss it or is was there a resistance panel? Yes, there is a resistance panel. Okay, I must have, I must have zoned out when you were saying that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I said it was on Sunday. Because uh, okay. there's a there's a panel for each animated show. There's one for yeah. Clone Wars. There's yeah, one I heard for the Rebels. Rebels remembered, and I heard the Clone Wars. Yeah, the Clone Wars one I'm kind of curious about because I bet they'll show an episode. I wonder. Almost positive they'll show an episode. I wonder, and, I, and I'll bet you that for Mandalorian, we'll at least get a trailer. We'll get some. Footage. Yeah, we'll definitely. Well, Favreau already released a picture of Taika Waititi voicing IG88. God, uh, I love that. He he released that. I don't know if it was <laughs> yesterday, the day before. Um. So and guys, it's not going to be Taika Waititi's voice. You know the the credit for BB8's voice is uh, um. Oh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. I kind of hope it is because you know. he plays. Who does he play in Ragnarok? He's Korg. Oh, he's the Korg, big rock yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, and I, he's so he's great in that. No, so he's I'm, great. I'm kind of so I'm kind of hoping that what because we never hear what IG what IG88 sounds like. I would kind of <laughs> love him to have Korg's voice from from another Ragnarok. Day, another Doug. That would be so <laughs> funny. I still say that. He's like, we're gonna go catch Han Solo. You want to come? Yeah, wanna come with us. Oh, we're funny. gonna start a revolution. <laughs> but. uh... Here's yeah, Nick. so those those are the, the those are the panels as of now that are happening. I I doubt they're gonna add anything else. I'm really surprised. No, that's that, the big stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the. Stuff. I'm really surprised that they're not adding a, uh, and maybe they'll talk about it for the Mandalorian and Clone Wars, but really nothing about Disney Plus. Uh, maybe they're gonna. Yeah. I assume they'll save that for D23 because that's more in line mm-hmm. with that convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure they'll announce, you know, Mandalorian will be premiering on Disney Plus this date, you know, whatever. We also got a, a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, even, by the way, what a great place to plug your new streaming service than Star Wars Celebration. Right. We got two shows that are yeah, going to be you on got it. Two shows. Yep. So you know, yep. I'm kind of hoping they might give like a little, you know, because I know when uh, when DC did their streaming service, which I never watched but paid for it for a year for some stupid reason. <laughs> um, they uh the show Titans looked good, but it wasn't very good. Anyway, um, but they gave you like a discount if you if you did like a year, it was like sixty five bucks or something like that. So right. I'm wondering if they're going to do those kind of things with <clears throat> with Disney Plus. Actually, there's going to be so much stuff on Disney Plus. I mean, like a quick tangent. Like, I mean, aside from the Marvel stuff, I they're going to put like the entire Disney catalog on Disney Plus. So like, yeah, that's going to be nuts. Yeah, so especially with Fox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now that they own Fox, yeah. finalized. That's um, yeah. craziness. I I wonder if they're gonna have like a test run with that thing, just to see how that works. Because if you're gonna have all the Disney movies, you're gonna you're gonna unload all the Marvel movies on there, uh, all the original stuff that's gonna go on there. So, so many people are gonna use it. And I'm not worried about the thing crashing or anything like that because look at how many millions of people use Netflix. But mm-hmm. yeah. it's still just going to be like, wow. Um, yeah. So much stuff that I might even cancel Netflix 
because half the stuff I watch on Netflix is Disney, Disney uh, owned stuff. So, I mean, we'll see. I go back and forth on Netflix. I'll watch something and then I'll go back to it. Like, I just watched the second half of Arrested Development. Yeah. Like, but I I haven't watched anything before that in months. Right. I'm going to do Disney and Hulu, actually. I think I always liked Hulu better than Netflix. Hulu has a lot. I think their original programming mm-hmm. is sometimes a lot better. Uh, like the show The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah, which is, is like, very good. Oh my god, such a great show. I think them and I mean to me, Amazon Prime probably has the best original content um, as well, far I, as TV shows go. Yeah, I think. Well, I think because they like. Like Netflix just does too much. Like they'll just they just yeah. like they'll do like they'll do like ten shows, and I think um, Hulu and and Amazon they'll do like one big show every couple of months, and right. then you know. Right. I also like the I also like the Hulu thing where they just do a couple episodes, or they just do one episode a week, or something yeah. like that. I or, like that. And that's what I hope Disney Plus does with The Mandalorian and Clone Wars. I don't want them to unload every episode. And I know we've talked about this before. Um, yeah. Because you want it to feel like a week-to-week event, and you want to be build able up to, that motion, right? And then for people like us who want to talk about it on this show, you don't want to be so behind. Because I remember when Queen Shadow came out, the day of, people were already putting out reviews about it, and I'm like, dude, you know, half I read a day off. Well, I didn't read it. I had it read to me. Yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, but like with shows, people get those advanced screenings or, or whatever i don't know how they get it half the time but they watch the entire show and they put up the review and it's like if we go about this week to week it's a lot more enjoyable uh yeah well, but, plus you get that sustained buzz you get yeah. people tell yeah. other people to watch exactly. it and it's still, and, and when you tell somebody to watch it it's still on and so you can go oh okay well i can watch these five episodes and then the only thing that, the only thing that sucks at least for me personally is when it's been on for like four or five episodes and there's still more to go like you you like binge those five and you're like, crap, not going to wait a week Yeah. for the next one. Yeah. And speculation is practically a fandom sport, you know? It is. I mean, it's just, there's so much fun in it. I mean, that's, that's half the fun right there. Yeah. And I, I, and I think that Disney Plus is going to have so much stuff on it. You're going to, you're not going to need to dump it all at once to get people interested. I think you're going to like, I, like, I think, I mean, if they're going to use the DC app, uh, model or like, I'm sure there's other other models that are like this. Like DC dumped a bunch of stuff on there that you could watch. They dumped like all the old Batman animated shows and all the old all the animated DC movies and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the shows they'll do one episode a week or a couple or like for Young Justice they did a couple of they do a couple episodes a week. Um, so so you keep coming back and so you'll watch other stuff while you're on there because right. I mean I know for me. You know, if I could, and I could have binged it. I could have just waited and binged it. But like, I tried to watch the Titans show, and so, but I came, come, kept going back every week. You know, yeah. as opposed to if I had watched like three episodes and then like be like, eh, I don't want to watch the rest of this, which is what ended up happening. Um, right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, DC Universe. I just <laughs> that you. Um, no, go ahead. But but I I think that that's I just think that's a better model. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot more information about this uh, later this summer when D23 happens. Um, mm. But to to move on to the first real news story of today, uh, reported by Star Wars Newsnet on the 19th, there's a rumor concerning uh, Benioff and Weiss, the people responsible for Game of Thrones, aside from George R.R. R. Martin, 
The first Star Wars film set well before the Skywalkers to begin filming this fall. Again, rumors are now resurfacing about Benioff and Weiss being involved in uh, bringing back the Old Republic. Uh, this is according to a source that uh, Star Wars Newsnet has. And, he, and they also say, um, I'm trying to get some confirmation on this information from other places, but as of now, I only have one source, so I can only report this as a rumor. So use your pinches of cinnamon as you wish. Because of that simple fact, I can't say I'm as confident in this as I am about the Obi-Wan Kenobi streaming service series report. Uh, though the source provided proof they have worked on every Star Wars film since Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm and claim they are 90% confident this is accurate. So let's simply go over what we were told. One source told us they were, quote, approached about working on the next movie this autumn. It is not the Ryan Johnson trilogy. It is the Game of Thrones guy's first movie, and it is set during the Old Republic, as Disney wants to open up the Star Wars timeline and appeal to a more Game of Thrones-style audience. Uh... He also goes on to say, so the timeline is hundreds of years prior to the Skywalkers, so think almost Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. And he says, filming starts in the fall, and art departments are in design phases now as the script is being finalized. That is all I know, but I am 95% confident that this is accurate. What do you guys think? Because when somebody says that they feel this is 95% accurate, either mm-hmm. they just want to be, they just want to make a story and have that flood the news yeah or they're actually in the know and they're saying this is the next thing up to Um, me it makes perfect sense that benioff and weiss would go back hundreds of years before the skywalkers because um if you don't you would have to include the aura of the skywalkers and their legacy Mm -hmm. into the story and um if you want to create your your entire new new thing and have a whole new story but include the force and everything you need to have a a pre-skywalker legacy you know movie and um, and then you'd be able to incorporate the themes and the connective tissue, and maybe set the set the backdrop and the and set the stage for how the Skywalkers, you know, even the Force came to create the Skywalkers, mm-hmm. and you know, and where Shmi came from. I would love to see some kind of connective tissue there, where um, at the end of these movies, it explains how Shmi becomes a, she's she's a Skywalker, and and where that comes from. Why did the Force choose her? Mm-hmm. That would be an excellent place to end the movie on. That way, you can incorporate the Skywalkers, but in a very small way at the end. Right. And you don't you don't have to do it. And then it could be the coolest thing. We're like, oh my gosh, you're talking about me. Ah! Right. You know, and then it's all connected. Um. And so I, that's to me, it just makes perfect sense. If you want to look at a, a full fledged, full body story, full body meaning not just a Mandalorian story, not just a politics story, not just a force story, but when a full body story. You have to be able to do a gigantic, you know, um, uh, palette, and you have to have all these themes come together. And the only way to do that is to set up before the Skywalkers, and to you know create a new canon for the Old Republic. Right, and you know you're a big Lord of the Rings fan, so when you hear Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings, that should I'm immediately make you think. That's what I thought. Yeah. Full body. You're right. going to look at world building. You're going to look at how the how everything comes together again. Just like just like the episodic films. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not getting they're not getting rid of the idea of the episodic films. You know what I mean? Right. They're they're just they're they're reinventing them for an earlier time, and then maybe adding connective tissue to what we see, you know, in the episodic films, so that it all feels like the same universe. Right. Now, 
question I pose to you because if this is, let's say, uh, 700 years before the events that we know, do you? how would you feel if you saw Yoda? Great. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. See, I, I feel the opposite. I don't want to see – I don't see Maz. I don't want to see Yoda. I don't want to see I, – I, I, if they're really going to do the old Republic, if they're really going to set it, go ahead and just, you know – I mean, if you want to throw Yoda in, it's like, I certainly don't want Yoda as a protagonist. If he's there in like a supporting role, if there's Extended like a crowd, cameo, you know? yeah, yeah, if there's like a crowd of, of of young Jedi, and he's like, you know, it's Yoda's first day or something like that. I don't mind that, but I I, I really think that they, and I don't think these guys are. In, I mean, I don't know. For all I know, they want to do a Yoda trilogy. For all I know, <laughs> but um, but I think that they really want to carve out their own path, and I uh-huh. think the best way to do that is to not. Is to not have these characters like, like I know everybody's talking about. Oh, you're gonna have Darth Revan and Darth Bane and like all these characters from the old Republic EU. Which right. again, I would be shocked if you even hear those names in these Benioff and Weiss movies. If this is even what they're doing, because I said this before about the sequel trilogy, and I'll say this now about the old Republic. Disney paid a lot of money for Star Wars. They're not going to be beholden to page one seventy five in some right. book 20, 20 years ago. They they're going to carve out their own thing. So that would be my, that would be my caution to anybody who's super excited about the the old republic is like they're not going to do. Don't expect the, your old friends to be yeah, there. They're not yeah. going to do like Darth the, the old, and, right. the old EU game. They're not going to do. I mean, I know Bane is canon because he was in Clone Wars, but um, but 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 yeah, they're probably not going to do. They're, they're not going to make a movie of the old Knights of of the Knights of the Old Republic game. They're not no, doing that. No, they're not doing that. You know what I'd like so. to see? You know, if they if they go this route, I at least on the Force side, I'd like to see how the Force begins to become misinterpreted and split between the Jedi and Sith philosophies. Yes. That would be a really cool idea. Mostly and, and that's, how... that's what that time is all about. Is all yeah. About, like hundreds of Sith and hundreds of Jedi and like them fighting and, you know. I think yeah, it's because... The episodic films have already showed what happens after this philosophy has broken the Jedi, you know? Right. So, oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry, Jason, no, no, go no. ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, um, I mean, I think the only, the, the, the biggest reason I would take this with the stream, with, with, with the stream, with a grain of salt, <laughs> is because ever since Benioff and Weiss have been brought on to this, what they've been talking about is, oh, they're going to do the old, they're going to do the Knights of the Republic, they're doing the old Republic, doing the old right. Republic, and it's just, it's just you know, and maybe that was the rumor about them because that's actually what they were brought on to do. Uh-huh. And expanding the Star Wars timeline, I, I love that. Uh, the, like, expanding the, the, the timeline hundreds of years before the Skywalkers. Yes, absolutely. Because then you can make ten movies and never bump up against Episode One. You know? Yeah. Like you never, you know, never have to. Well, we can't do this. We can't do this because we're ten years away from the Phantom Menace, and you know, Qui Gon and Obi Wan have to do this thing, which will contradict. So, like, just, just, yeah, set it a hundred years, a two, set it a thousand years before. I mean, Obi Wan even says in A New Hope, yeah. for thousands of years, the Jedi's yeah. were the, you know, the guardians of peace. So they can do thousands of years before um, A New Hope. So, yeah. Uh, uh, this is their, I mean, this is their thing. This is their sort of, you know, their realm. Uh, and I, I, I can't imagine that Disney isn't just going to, or Lucasfilm is just going to back up the Brinks truck and just like whatever you guys want to do. Right. Now, this, now the side rumor I heard about this is that they're going to start 
shooting. This is a rumor I heard on something, and then they were they were talking about a rumor from something else. So I I don't know how much how much this is even true, but I had heard that the um that they were going to start shooting this fall. Yeah, See, that that's what the rumor said. Yeah. So that means that so that I mean they may not have a cast or anything yet, but I'm certainly they have I'm sure they have people that they're looking at. And now I'm wondering if my prediction for 2019 is going to be true. They're going to say something in celebration about it. Um, I I feel like if and take the but, focus uh, off nine. I don't. Well, I mean, I after know. nine, I mean not at nine, but like maybe like mm-hmm. Monday, like Monday, as they're like, so if you really like the, so if you like, okay. you know, episode one, wait till you see episode negative 100, and then like yeah. getting off come out and like in here, Jason Momoa is the it's art whatever. You know? it, it, it's it's funny that you bring that up. Because there is no future filmmakers panel this year. There's nothing mm-hmm. that gives you any information about uh, yeah, future things nine. that haven't even been announced yet. Um, you know how I asked, said about the whole thing about the force becoming misinterpreted and the split and how uh-huh. that happened? You know, okay, if you were in charge of Lucasfilm, you guys, who would be the best writing and directing duo to form a complex world building um, with connecting connecting different themes? Who does that? Like Game of Thrones, Benioff yeah. and Weiss. Look what they did yeah. with the material they were given um, and then post the books and everything. These guys are, are who you would pick to create. That's why I, I really do think they're going to go that route. And the only way to do it without the Skywalkers being front and center, even as a legacy, because the Skywalkers are so important that if you put this in the future, even their legacy is going to overshadow the main characters, you yeah. know? Yeah. So the... To me, it's just the it's the pure. I mean, everybody wants to know how did the Jedi get it so wrong? You mm-hmm. know, it, it, in to to um to create what happened with Anakin. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah. And if I were if I were to do that, and if I and I knew how big this world would have to be, and I knew I had to connect all these different themes, I would think, who are those Game of Thrones guys? Right. <laughs> they could do it. Yeah. But number two is the guys who did the Smoking the Bandit movies. <laughs> 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 oh my god no but if, if if this does happen and it's indeed older public and i'm and i'm of the mindset that you see the product that has come out every year with game of thrones if you're gonna oh, get no, these right? guys you know you g- give them something that they are Powerful. so good at mm-hmm. and the older public don't underutilize that right don't exactly and I'm just imagining. I'm imagining Sean Bean with a lightsaber, like this this season. <laughs> the Starks, the Lannisters. Yeah, this season. Well, I mean, Star Jedi. Wars has been very liberally stealing the the Game of Thrones cast, so that's they not have, out of the realm of possibility. I would, they got Quinley Christie. They got. Uh, they, they got, got Emilia uh, Clark. They Emilia had Clark. some uh, some other guys for uh, Rogue One. I know one yeah. of the guys from oh. Rogue One was was from Game of Thrones. I'm telling um, you, I'm the, this all Pedro this is Pascal, they stole yeah, him Pedro for Pascal Mandalorian. for the Mandalorian. So, uh, yeah, they don't have any problem poaching no, Game of Thrones, and all those guys, are, and all those guys are out of work. So you can get any just, of them. I now. would just dump the cast into yeah, I would the just, older public. Gotta trilogy. be where they go. This has yeah. got to be where. This has got to be the theme they take. I mean, the, you know, the, the story. Honestly, yeah. what else are they gonna do that doesn't have the Skywalkers overshadowing them? Yeah, yeah. It it just because if you if you do a trilogy, let's say. In the prequels, Skywalkers are present. You do one yeah. sequel trilogy time, Skywalkers are still present. You Anywhere go, else in the galaxy, yeah. you know, Skywalkers will be present because the Force is focused on them. Right. You either go way into the future or way into the past. 
Yeah. And even really if you go way into the future, that's, you still have to. And if you, if you go too far in the future, then you're no longer in a galaxy far, far away exactly. a long time ago. Exactly. So what's that leave you? Yeah. You really and if you're going to be shot. back there. And you can't, what, and you can't go yeah. right before. You can't go like 10, even 30 years before yeah. episode one. No, then you're building. Mm-hmm. You yeah, still have those you, same characters. Yeah. yeah. So I, have, I, yeah. yeah, you have young Mace and young Qui-Gon right. and young Dooku. And, you know, like, right. nobody wants that. Just, just yeah, just yeah. go ahead. Set it. Set it way back when, you know, back when Yoda was in diapers and Maz was <laughs> in diapers and just, you know, and just do it to go from there. Yeah. Do all like bending off and wise. Why underutilize them, you know? Just yeah. give them that whole world before the Jedi, you know, and the philosophies of the Sith broke from yeah. each other. Yep. Yeah, you don't hire Benny off and wise to do a romantic comedy. Right. <laughs> or just focus on one aspect of the galaxy. Right. You just yeah. don't do that. Yeah, do you so. do you guys think that uh especially with Disney acquiring Fox, and we'll get into that mm-hmm. in a little bit. How much freedom do you think they will give Benioff and Weiss, you know, if they go the Old Republic route? How much freedom do you think they'll give them in terms of, uh, like, I I guess the only way I could say it is really with... Creative the, freedom? Not so much creative freedom, but the tonality of the trilogy. Because Game of Thrones is very gritty. It's very violent. I'm not saying oh, it's gonna have oh, all oh, the. Oh, you mean like, like, like uh, darkens our yeah, more. Yeah, are they gonna? Are they gonna be able to do something uh, like I would that? I I wouldn't. Right, I you, wouldn't. Either. You lose the ch- you lose that generational audience. Right. Yeah, I think I think probably as they I think if they follow the pattern which has really been established, um, with with the original trilogy, I think the first one will be pretty. Light. I think that yeah. one will not not light as in like, oh no, you know, I like a mean. cartoon, a romp. <laughs> but um, I think I think yeah, I think like the uh, or like the Force Awakens. Like the the first one will just be like a big adventure. Yeah, you yeah. know. And then once we're done with the first one, we can start building the mythology. We can get a little darker, and we can get a little darker with the characters. And I think that that I think that they'll. I, I think if they follow that pattern, um, like I don't think it's gonna be look. Game of Thrones is on HBO. They're not right. going to go. They're not going to do that kind of stuff on a, in a, no. in a Star Wars movie. They could like they're going to be PG thirteen. Right. I think that they're, they're not going to. You know, we're not going to have a rated R Star Wars movie. I don't think. No, don't that's think, never going to happen. I think if Bobby Iger do, would shut that down in a second. Yeah. Well, so, if they uh, do, I think it'll be a one off like Deadpool. You know, where it's right. not really connected. Yeah. To the rest right. of the story. Yeah. They're not going to build the future on a franchise on an R rated. Uh, you trilogy. know, what, quite honestly. Yeah. To me, Star Wars is high fantasy. I just don't want to see that in Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Just like just like with uh, Lord of the Rings. If they stopped and showed a bunch of people getting raped, I wouldn't want to watch it. Right. It's Lord I mean, of the Rings. It's high fantasy. Right. <laughs> On the upside, you can get away with a lot in a PG-13 movie. As long as you don't say the F word more than three times and show nudity, mm-hmm. you can pretty much do whatever you want. So yeah. um, What I was going to compare it to was, and, and it's thinking back through all the movies – to me, uh, because of what happened in the movie, especially the last like 30 minutes to 45 minutes, aside from Rogue One, I think those movies, if they follow the sort of tone and events that really lead to the big conflict, I think Revenge of the Sith is a great template for it. Because Revenge of the Sith, 
that that has some dark stuff in it. You got Dooku's head getting chopped off in the beginning of the movie with both his hands. Then you get Anakin, you know, killing the younglings. You have him burning on the side of a cliff with all his limbs chopped off. To me, Dying that's in the childbirth. yeah. You have <laughs> to me all the Jedi being murdered. Yeah, sixty-six. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, to me, that's probably the darkest. Star Wars movie that we Lucas gotten. glossed it as much as possible and shined it up, but yeah. in the end, like you're you're right, it is dark. It is dark, and and I think that. And also, movies could remember this: that. the first the first forty five minutes where they're, I mean, that's like your classic Star Wars adventure story. It is when they're yeah. trying to save the, the trying to save the, the Chancellor. Yeah, and it, it really doesn't get to heck. It really yeah. doesn't get dark <laughs> until he until he kills Dooku, and then after that, mm-hmm. that's when yep. it gets dark. Yeah, but um. So yeah, I think it's funny you. It's funny you mentioned Revenge of the Sith because when you were when you were talking earlier about tone, I was like, Revenge of the Sith is probably the tone. Yeah, that that's I, what I think they'd go for. You know, because because it it fits closest to what they know without mm-hmm. crossing the line. Um, right. Okay, what's the second darkest film? Okay, Se- we know that Revenge Revenge of the Sith is the first darkest. Yeah. What's the second? Second, oh man, um, I, I think it's Last Le- Jedi. Yeah, I, I think it's Last Jedi, Jedi too. Yeah. yeah. Empire Strikes Back next, and then yeah. the rest are romps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Cause... Yeah, there's not. I mean, I probably would put. I probably would return to the Jedi just because of all the stuff with Luke and Anakin. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before anything else, but yeah, the really the... light ones are, you know, Episode Four, Episode Seven. Uh, yeah. Even though the planet gets yeah, destroyed, even the planet gets destroyed, they make it, but <laughs> they they make make it, it seem so very. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh but, no! You kill Kenny, and then right. you bastard, and then everything <laughs> just goes. <laughs> yeah, and that—that's a really great way to put it, because Episode Seven, it, it was a very fun movie despite some of the heavy stuff that happened. But yeah, Revenge of the Sith, like once you get to a particular point in that movie, it's just dread the entire yeah. rest yeah. of the way because you know mm-hmm. what's happening. Um, and then Solo is just a fun movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Solo might be the lightest of any of them. Yeah, yeah. Even though uh, so many people get killed in that movie, <laughs> Rogue One is very tragic. You know, yeah, and very it tragic. Yeah. It, it's, it's a war movie. It's like Saving Private Ryan in space. Or something. Yeah, but I think the tone, <laughs> the tone of the last two thirds of Revenge of the Sith is what's so dark. It's that it's mm-hmm. you know, like at least the visual at least the storytelling other, is all black and red. Yeah, I mean, at least you know, even Last Jedi has got some moments of levity to it. But like once it starts, once it starts getting dark, like nobody cracks a smile in Revenge of the Sith. You know, I don't. I mean, you can't. There's nothing to smile about. But like, mm-hmm. there's there's no jokes. There's no nothing. There's nobody. You know, there's no see around kid moment. Or you know, you can't really joke around about younglings dying. I'm right. Like, my, yeah. I mean, my ten year old is is haunted by that. She talks about it all the time. You know, she's and and I don't. You know, we're, we're older, so we don't really get it. But we can talk about it like this. But I've watched how it affected my daughter, you know, over the past mm. several years. And to this day, if she goes back, she'll talk about the youngling scene. But he killed the kids, you know, about Anakin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, and because of that, it's actually colored the way she sees Darth Vader's redemption. Because she saw kids her age being killed, you know, by, by the sword. They didn't really show it, but it, it didn't matter. It was happening. Yeah, it was happening. Right. And and, and it wasn't a, a, a far off death, you know, meaning like a push a button and then a missile goes off. No, he killed he killed them himself by hand, <laughs> you know, yeah. right. and um, he put them to the sword. And, and that really affected, you know, my 
my children when they were young and and it's colored because we started with episode four and so it's different for us um but with with her i i just it's it never really goes away that that happened yeah mm. yeah it's it's heavy stuff in that movie that's why mm-hmm. i don't think you got to reach a particular age to watch it and especially to really understand what's really going on uh it's it's heavy it's really heavy uh i mean i saw that movie let's see 2005 i was nine when that movie came out mm-hmm. so yeah saw it in the theater and i was like whoa that's uh it's not what i expected but uh moving on to the next story and that is what we referenced when we were talking about uh benioff and weiss but disney has officially acquired fox so first question when it comes to that do you think, and I heard somebody talking about this, I think I was watching uh, the latest episode of uh, Collider Jedi Council, and whatever you guys feel about that show, that's fine. I've been mm-hmm. that, that was my introduction to the whole Star Wars talk uh, universe back in 2014, so I've been watching that for years already. But they were talking about this deal, and since J.J. is awesome at hitting those nostalgic beats when he revived, you know, Star Trek, Mission Impossible, and now with Star Wars, do you think, since this deal has happened, that we will get the 20th Century Fox fanfare before episode Oh, nine? my God. I was thinking that. Oh, it's like, I was so excited for you to answer, ask that question. Do you ever, do you, got, do you guys, whenever you hear that, still think you're going to see the opening crawl right after I it? I do. I do. Yeah. I do. I do. Even in Bohemian Rhapsody when they did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then I'm always slightly disappointed. Oh, it's not the For years, wrong. I just thought it was the same song. Like, I thought, <laughs> like, I thought that fanfare was for Star Wars. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Me like, too. when I was a kid, if it's I saw... It's like, oh, John Williams music. Like, yeah, if I saw something <laughs> and it had that fanfare, I was like, oh, we're getting... Like, if I didn't know what was on TV and I saw that, I was like, oh, we're getting to watch Star Wars. Okay, cool. I thought and, I was the only one that, to this day, is slightly disappointed every time I hear that fanfare. Yeah. <laughs> the opening crawl doesn't come on. I would, I would love it if they did that. That would... So many people in that theater would just have the biggest smile on their face. It was, I, like, I, oh my god! Paperwork-wise, how can it happen? You know, I don't, I don't, whole... I don't think so because they're. I think because it's very important now to, um, to brand. And I think it's very True. important now to brand Lucasfilm Lucas as their standalone. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and they're not going to go back. I don't think they're going to go back to it. I, I, I mean. It would be fan service I, if they did. It would be good. Yeah, it would. it would be total fan service. I would like to see it back on the um, back on the old movies because, like, the digital copies that I have, um, right. they have the the new whatever uh, Lucasfilm logo before. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd like to see them put them back on on those. Of course, I just have to watch my Blu-rays to see it, so it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd like to see that, but um, I, I do, yeah, I. It's going forward, I don't think that I, I think that Disney has 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 made such an effort to make Star Wars part of their own separate their own thing <laughs> that they're not gonna they're not gonna do that. They're yeah, not gonna agree. go back yeah. to that. Which it's sucks. Sadly. Which yeah, sucks. It sucks. You know, because I will admit, like sitting down to watch um, Force Awakens for the first time and not seeing that fanfare, it was odd. It made yeah. me sad. <laughs> no. It was just odd. It was just it was like all silence, and then the fan, and then the opening, and I'm like, yeah. Ah! And I was like, oh, okay. yeah. I mean, 
clearly not enough to make me do a nasty YouTube video about it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, if it happens, I will lose my mind, but it probably won't. Uh, it probably won't. It, it probably might won't. on, like, JJ's personal yeah. digital copy. Like, they might do that as, like, a gift for him. Right. But I, I don't think we're going to mass produce in a theater someplace, I don't think. When Topher Grace goes back and re-edits all of the sequel trilogy... Yeah. <laughs> You just he'll put edit the, in there. He'll put the Fox fanfare back in it. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be something, you know it. And it's funny because you're bummed for those like few seconds, and then once the movie starts, you totally forget about it. Yeah, but it's still nice. It's a nice little thing to have. But uh, it's a nice touch. Yeah, it's a nice touch. But you would need to roll Lucasfilm under 20th Century Fox, and that's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Again, I think that I think Disney is very happy with Star Wars and Lucasfilm being their brand. I don't think that it's um, I don't. Although I will admit this, because I've been rewatching the Marvel movies to get ready for um, Endgame. Endgame. And the first, I, I I had forgotten, and even the digital copies that they have out, um, all the Paramount stuff is still in like Iron Man one and two, and uh, and what was the other one I watched? Thor. Yeah. So like, um, clearly, as you can see, I'm starting at the beginning. Um, but all of the, I mean, I bought digital copies of Thor and like Iron Man two, like a year ago and, or over a year ago, you know, way after Disney had owned, uh, Marvel and they're still, the logos are still paramount. So who knows? So like I said, they might put it, they might put it back on the old ones, but I, I don't think going forward, we'll see it on any new ones unless we get, they might do it on Knights of the Old Republic. That might be kind of funny if they, if they they put it at the beginning of the night, but I doubt it. Now that you mention it, they Disney has sometimes thrown like they, for example, they kept out the Disney logo logo before the opening crawl to make it not feel like a Disney movie, even though they were with it, they were within their rights to put the Disney logo, you know, prior to the opening crawl, you know, in in the sequel trilogy, uh-huh. and and they they tastefully kept it out <clears throat> so that it didn't feel like a Disney movie. I think it's also, I mean, I'll, I'll check the next time I, I see one, but I think it's not at the, I think it's just the Marvel logo. I don't think you. Get, I don't think you get the Disney logo before a Marvel movie because oh, yeah, they no. they want Marvel and Lucasfilm to feel like their own standalone. Right, right, right. Yeah, <clears throat> like you do. I think for Pixar, you get you get the logo, you get which the is Disney fine logo. because they, yeah, which, they, they well, they're animating. Pixar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, before they bought Pixar, everybody thought oh, sorry, they, yeah, they were all Pixar was all Disney movies, anyways. So right, right. Um, I did. <laughs> I yeah, younger. me too. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed. I just assumed Toy Story was a was a Disney. Me movie. too. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, but uh, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah that, really that's... The, only, the only way it affects Star Wars is I saw people online, and even I think even the article that you sent was that like you know will they put out the the original? Yeah, um, the, the unaltered versions. Yeah, unaltered versions. Trilogy. I, I, can I? Because everybody's been doing unpopular opinions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, can I be the first to say I don't mind this? I don't really don't want. Here's the thing about the special editions of the original trilogy. Yeah. Everything that they fixed, I like. I like that the lightsabers always are are the right color. You know, right. like Alec Guinness turns his head and it's a white stick. I like that it's still a lightsaber when it, you know, with that kind of stuff. I like a lot of the visual effects that they put in. I think the only thing there's two things I don't like about the special editions. One is that Greedo now and Han shoot at the same time, and the the Jedi Rocks musical number, which I skip every time. Which I think somebody at Lucasfilm knew when they were making the Blu-rays, because if you hit skip right at the beginning of that, it jumps right to Boosh and uh, Chewie coming in. So, uh. 
And you but know those- what else? I'm going to add to that, Jason. Remember at the end when they're when they're singing? They used to have. Yeah, and, I know. Um, <laughs> they have the Yub Nub song, which I'm not super bummed about. I don't. I'm not. I'm not I actually like it. the. I, I like, I like the it, newer but one. I'm, I'm not like this thing sucks. I uh, over it. I, I I'm just sort of like. I mean, I, I look if they. I, I but I do like that they skip around to the different spots except for the Weezer Free. I could I could live without the Weezer Free part. <laughs> um, and and Vader saying no. Okay, there's more. Than, yeah. Okay, so there's like four no. things. But I'm not willing to give up everything I do. Like, by the way, in in A New Hope, um, when the Falcon takes off from Moss Eisley, that shot, the new shot, well, now it's 20 years old, um, of the Falcon taking off, that is a beautiful shot that is not that is... in the trilogy. And yeah. I'm not willing to give that up to have Han shoot first. Yeah. Really? <gasps> no, I, no, I... Blaspheme! Blaspheme! No, <laughs> The thing that bo- I'll tell you this: the thing that bothers me the most about Greedo shooting first is that it's so poorly done. If it yeah, if it was done better and not it was, have it's Hans so head, poorly like, done, yeah, but like to Hans, one side, Hans, yeah, like it's so badly done. Yeah. That's what bothers me the most about it. It's not so much even the thing. It's not even so much about it. it ruins his character. Like it doesn't ruin his character. There's a whole well, there's it changes four other the, movies. The that, color of his character. They're supposed yeah. to not. They're supposed to introduce him as a not only a, a, a rogue, but also a, a potentially off balance, violent rogue. You know, that's what. Yeah. That's the whole point of him shooting first. But he's never like that for the rest of the movie. Uh, yes, but. <laughs> But, you know, it's supposed to sort of show the richness of his development, of his character development, you know, and being and they're using the archetype of princess and the rogue, you know, and um, and in order for the princess to tame the rogue, the rogue needs to actually be a rogue and not just a playful dude. (laughs) But that's what he is for the rest of the movie. I mean, the only time I mean, you get disappointed when he's not going to stay. But like, you know, what's. (laughs) Once they get to the Death Star and they're all, you know, complaining to each other, you know, it's like, he's already like, pretty much tamed. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. At no, at no point. I mean, I, and I know I saw this when I was a kid, so I'm probably at no point have I ever thought that you know Han was going to double cross Obi Wan and Luke once they got to the Death Star. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that never dawned on me. Um, he was, you know, anyway. just going to say, "Hey, Luke, may the force be with you," and then yeah, take so, off. So, so take out the no. Fix okay, okay, and yeah, and the job. Okay, the Jabba Han scene is unnecessary, again, because that's so poorly done. Because he walks over his tail, and I know they probably yeah. thought that was hilarious when they were doing it, yeah. but they should just should have found something else. Um. Anyway, so you know what this tells me? You're what you just said that we're what? recording on a Friday night because <laughs> <a> little. <laughs> <laughs> we're more feisty. We're a little we feisty more tonight. Friday nights because oh. it, we, we're more talkative, and it's like <laughs> yeah. And speaking of speaking of that, I went to the theater, and we're going off a little tangent here, but it has to be said: the theater experience has gone to complete crap. What do you mean? Because people these days are so inconsiderate and are so rude. But oh trying, yeah! Oh no! Yeah, what I, happened? I'm trying to watch a movie with my girlfriend. We went to go see this uh, very sad, sad but good. We read the book beforehand. Uh, it's called Five Feet Apart. About these two kids with cystic fibrosis. I don't want to get you down, but it was a good movie. It's already sad. So I'm, I'm, you got I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good movie. Sitting there. Then these two people get there a little late. That's fine. But then they have to be in my row. And I'm like, why? Why are you in my row? They sit all the way at the end. 
and they're just they're talking, having a good old conversation throughout the movie. Then they decide to uh, pull out their phone, full brightness, shine it my direction, so I see it on the corner of my eye. Then they're clicking the little recliner buttons because the theater theater we go to has recliner seats. Right. They're clicking that thing to no end, and it's just like guys, I paid. My money to see the movie, not to see your phone, not to hear you speak. Just sit down. Did you say up. something? If I would have said something, I would have had to shout across the aisle. So I was ah. like, let me just... Because we were sitting all the way to the right side, and they were yeah. all the way to the left side. If they were a little closer, I would have been like, hey, you know, give me a break. Just mm-hmm. stop it. But... uh yeah. See, I had something like that very similar with Cat when I, with my sister and I when we saw Captain Marvel. Because I... Yeah. Um, like so, we get there, and I I like to sit in, like the middle, and so as we're coming down the, the coming down the thing, this girl in the row behind us had her feet like between the seats on like the armrest in my yeah. row that we're in. Yeah, right, right in the center, and that was where I wanted to sit. So I kind of walked over and I kind of stood there, thinking that she would realize I want to sit there and she'd move her damn feet, and she did. <laughs> oh my god! So we had to sit beside. So we had to. So we so we couldn't sit in the seats I wanted to sit in because she wasn't going to move her feet. So we get there, and then this, this, these people come in in front of us, and they sit down. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like a guy and his son, and he tells the son to go sit in my row like for the last three or four seats, and which is fine because I don't care. And then, um, and then this guy with his family comes – this guy comes in with like his two kids, two, three kids. Yeah. They come and sit in the seats that the kid in my row is saving. And the father kind of turns around and he's like, excuse me. He's like, we were saving those. And he's like, I don't think that's how it works. Oh my God! Oh. And what do you say to that? That's confrontational, right yeah, there. Yeah, and the guy was just like, "All right." So, the, so the kids, so when his the rest of his family got there, they had to sit all separated. And then the kid that was with the guy that was like, "That ain't how that works." His kid like kept squirming in his seat, kept brushing up against my thigh like through the whole movie, and I'm like, "Ugh." I'm telling like, you, I man. love I love seeing movies in the theater, but like I think people have been so. They've been so ingrained to being able to watch a a movie in their living room and be as rude as they yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. They, they forget when they go someplace else that they have to behave. Yep. And so, like, I love, like, I, it, I, I would rather see a movie in a theater than any other way of seeing a movie. I like yeah. the immersion. I like the Me immersion too. of a theater. Me but, too. But I, I would love to see it in an empty theater. <laughs> yes. Oh, really? I like the I like the energy of a full theater. I like the energy of big. I like no 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 I agree like, especially like for a comedy I want to see it in a big I want to see it with a crowd like I saw the Hangover and Borat with like oh place man the back. Hangover was the best and like you know and so and like and the crowd is all into it and they all love it yeah. you know and it's never as good after that than with like a full theater yeah. full of people just laughing no comedy really is yeah um but um. But yeah, yeah, people suck. Or major immersion <laughs> events. Like I like to go to opening night for things like Marvels, you know, movies, and because it's so cool to be with like-minded people who right. are excited about. And and you know, people that go on opening night are are pretty much you can bet they're going to be like-minded unless yeah. they're dragged there. Yeah, and, and that's so the you thing. feel that excitement. It it becomes like a group think, and I yep. love it. Yep, that's that's the thing. I love going to the theater for Marvel movies, Star Wars movies. I wouldn't miss because, it for the world. I would you have know, to take off work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know when you go there, especially on a Thursday night showing at 7 o'clock, you know that the crowd there is the hardcore fans who will get there, you know, 
And those are my people. Early, early. Yeah, and you know that they're there (laughs) for the same reason, and they don't want to be bothered either when that movie starts. Mm -hmm. When you go to a movie that's been out for a week, that, you know, whoever, it's just, it's a movie that appeals to the masses. You know that you're going to get some of those people that are just like, you know, why do you come here? That ain't how that works. Yeah, it's like, and it makes me think someday they're just going to make you, they're going to raise the price of the ticket for you to be able to stream the movie straight to your home. I don't want to. I still like the immersion experience. Yeah. You know, like, for example, the Avengers, I did like it when everyone cheered for various you know, character entrances. Yeah. Or when The Force Awakens, when the, the camera panned over the Millennium Falcon, right. everyone cheered in my audience. Right. Or like the, oh, no, when Han was going to die. I mean, yeah. I liked that. I mean, because it was. No, yeah, that's the best. Yeah, that is the, the best. Um, and luckily, my Captain Marvel experience was very good. It was a packed theater on, I think, it was a Saturday, a week after opening, Saturday night, packed theater in Disney Springs. And even after the movie, round of applause. And I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you didn't go to one of those theaters where Disney bought all the tickets? No, no, didn't go to one of those. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. theaters don't make any money. Yeah, didn't go somebody to on Twitter those. was like, "Like what?" That was like the conspiracy. You know, Disney bought it. That's why it made so much money. I'm like, and I put it on Twitter, and a lot of people liked it. So I'm famous <laughs> on Twitter. But yeah. I was like, that's a really stupid business model to because you only get the theater, the, the, the movie theater only gets like forty five percent. Right. Of yeah. the ticket of the ticket price, so it's a really dumb business model to lose fifty five percent of your investment. So, well, generally, the people who think of that are very stupid people. So it kind of <laughs> like, goes hand in hand, right? But uh, and that, speaking of that, you know, the conspiracy theories. I was just reading an article on Forbes, and it was yesterday, and it says why the success of Captain Marvel is terrific news for Star Wars Episode Nine. <clears throat> And um, and it goes, you know, it goes all of its um, money it's made and everything and how how people like it. And it goes this, despite fabricated rumor mongering concerning Disney and Marvel's misgivings with the movie and Brie Larson's performance. And it goes on this, despite this, despite coordinated attempts to review bomb the film on various opt in user polls, such as Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic and IMDb. And um, <clears throat> and it talks about how, you know, the they really do make themselves appear bigger than they really are. You know, these, these, these haters. And, um, and it's a good, um, it's cause they made it sound. If you were just looking at YouTube or you were just looking at Yahoo comments, you would think that this movie was going to bomb and that it's not going to be good and blah, blah, blah. But now with this kind of data out, we don't have to, st- I'm not dreading the release of Star Wars episode nine that for some reason, the way, cause if you were to read the comments, you know, episode nine, you would think that the theaters are going to be empty. It's going to be like me and one other nerd, you know? And, um, no, it's going to be chock full and mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. And that's what this article is about. And because it, it's the same, and they went on to say the demographic, the people that hate on these movies are the same people that hate on Star Wars, and their comment history shows that. Um, so, and they'll even talk about it. You know, this is going to be just like Star Wars. And I've seen that comment so many times. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, about you know the Disney, you know, using feminazis and and you know bashing on white males or whatever. And then they'll say, and then they'll, they'll reference Star Wars. So you know that they're the, they're the same demographic. They're the same people. 
And they're just very toxic and they're very angry and they feel like their their turf is being, is being encroached on or they feel, I don't know what, insecure. And so they, they make themselves bigger than what they are. And this article just kind of blows that myth out of the water that for some reason these the theaters are going to be empty and everyone's going to be boycotting episode nine or that no one cares anymore. Yeah, and that's, that's not true. That's not true at all. That's not true. So mm-hmm. anyway, good article. It's on Forbes. Look it up. <laughs> Yeah, if you Back can uh, link it or send it to send it to me, and yeah. I'll put it up on the on the podcast page on Twitter. Cool, um, I will. So, so you guys, we only got two more things to talk about tonight, and uh, I guess we'll get to that right now. And that is Star Wars Resistance season one has come to an end oh. uh, with No Escape Part One and Two. Now. Uh, First of all, I want to say that the cast of Star Wars Resistance—they're awesome, and they interact with people on Twitter so often uh, that Christopher Sean, the lead uh, actor who plays Kaz, is following us on Twitter. Um, I've reached out for a potential interview uh, whenever, whenever he's available. But of course, you got to go through Lucasfilm Publishing yeah. and all that stuff. So, but you know. Hopefully, we'll get through and and have some of these, some of these awesome people on the show at some point. But uh, very different than what what was I going to say? The way this has gone, the way the season has gone, is very different than how it started. And not saying that I disliked the show at any point, but man, those last like seven episodes. It builds depth. It yeah. builds so, so much. much depth. I think it's like mm-hmm. we talked about a little bit on the last one. It's like yeah. Once it got past the Bebo episode, it's just been like boom, it's been boom, lights boom, out. boom, boom. So good. And the connective tissue, like watching the scene with Kaz uh, seeing the destruction of Hosnian Prime. It, it becomes all, personal. It becomes personal now. And the way that he reacted to all of that, it was so good and mm-hmm. not good in the sense that it was a you know a good thing that happened but the way well that done. he played the the emotion was so great uh and with um agent tyranny now spoilers guys if you haven't seen the final episode oh, we're gonna spoil the whole thing you just yeah yeah, yeah there's gonna be all spoilers from now on um that's with, pretty tragic with, with Tierney and... Yeah, with Tierney and Tam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because... I love that what broke Tam wasn't so much Kaz, it was Jaeger. It was Jaeger, yeah. Jaeger was what broke her. Yeah, because she's always been suspicious of Kaz. Right. She's never been suspicious of Jaeger until all of this went down. Yeah, and... I loved it. I loved it when she was the the when she was debating whether or not to go with Tierney. Yeah. And she looked over at Jaeger and he's like, Tam, don't. Tam, I'm sorry. Tam, and she's just like... And, and all and, of the anger she had at him, yeah. she just like it was like her decision to go felt like a little bit in that moment that she that it was to punish Jaeger, right? Not so much because she wanted to go, but just like she was mad at him and he needed to be punished for what he did, right? And 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 so that's what it like like. But Jaeger had a couple of great moments. The other one to go back to the whole thing with Kaz when they when they break Doza and and Jaeger out of the cell, like one of the first things Kaz says to him is like, "They blew up my home." Yeah, you know, it's you like really it was just, feel for him. It, unlike in Jaeger, just kind of puts his, and I know it's animated, but he just, you know, he just puts his hand on his shoulder, and he's like, oh, he's just, yeah. I, I, I really wish we'd have gotten more Jaeger throughout the season. We got a lot of them, but like, you know, to to see him as just sort of the, 
the father figure to all of these guys. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I loved it. I thought, and I loved where it ended up that like, cause it, cause he gave him the coordinates to Dakar. Yeah. And you're like, Oh cool. So like, are they going to get there right before last Jedi or right after the last Jedi? Like after they've left and then yeah. like come to find out Niku had screwed the whole thing up and they're not going there. So I love that. Like the Colossus, the entire cast, even the pirates and Aunt Z and hype who came back at the very end to help right. out. Like, I love that they're, we don't know where they're going, but they're going out there somewhere. And, like, the adventure, I guess, for next oh, season man. is going to be, I guess, catching up with the rest of the resistance and still fighting the First Order. Right. And, well, uh, I have like, a question for you that guys, though, though, about yeah. that. Do you think that this they're setting up for this story to be completely separate from Episode Nine, Or do you think we're going to see these guys as cameos in Episode Nine as part of their, you know, as name-dropped? Um because it, it almost looks like they're they're creating a whole little separate subworld for them. I I, know. I would have said yes, we might see them in nine before I saw the finale. But after yeah. seeing the finale, yeah, um, I don't think that timeline wise. I mean, unless the, unless next season is about catching up with the resistance during that time between um, between eight and nine. Um, right. Like, okay, like, so like, here's my follow-on question, though. Then what is the point? of the entire resistance series. If it doesn't connect and show a deeper level of, uh, of the resistance or the first order. And that's the big issue with star Wars, the films and star Wars, the TV shows, Mm -hmm. there's very little connective tissue between the shows and the movies. The shows do it great. They connect a lot of stuff back to the overall story. The movies, however, but the have a movies hard don't. Time. There's no reciprocation. There's no reciprocation, and that mm-hmm. no. The only thing they is, do is they just kind of cherry pick like yeah. little things from the TV shows to put in the movies, but that's yeah. about it. To me, and that's... honestly, I would like for there to be reciprocation to show yeah. that other. I mean, that's. I mean, to me, that's the whole point of having these shows. Yeah. It, and then, and it looks like they're just using these shows as kind of like a a niche, you know, yeah. um, to fill up a little niche. So I wonder how people felt about the Hosnian system blowing up, and then right. showing that. But but I still want to see these people come together and merge, yeah. and and find out how they come together to create a larger resistance slash rebellion for Episode Nine. Right. Well, I... you don't. Have have to make the main characters you can just throw them in you know right well i think i i mean i again i have absolutely no idea what's going to happen in season two but i think that maybe it might be just a situation where they're just they're fight they're still going to be fighting i think the first order in season two but i think yeah. it's going to be not with like the main <clears throat> like i think they'll just be like be. i think well, they should be but i i think they probably will just be a cell in the resistance you know like supposedly like snap wexley and all those guys went off yeah. and had their own little yeah. Went off into, like I think maybe that might be where they go with it. I don't. I mean, I, I have absolutely no idea. I but I did like that they that we. I did like that it sort of subverted my expectations. I thought at the end they would catch up with with uh, with Poe and Leia. Me worried I, that they were gonna because I I thought the same thing Dave thought. I thought that this okay the movies are finally gonna reciprocate back. Yeah. And uh, and then I'm like, oh, this sounds like they're setting up for for the the story to be completely separate. Yeah. You know, without having any connected tissue to that, to that main episodic story, and why would you do that? Because there's, because it's almost the point of the, the resistance. I thought was to add uh-huh. this further depth to the story. The uh, only connected, right? The the only out that I see them having comes mm. from Leia in Episode Eight when mm. she is on crate 
and then they're saying, you know, we've sent a signal, but nobody's coming. Kaz tells Leia what's happening on the Colossus. She, now whether or not at this point, if the Colossus is in the Outer Rim, I don't know. Uh, but you could make it so that the people that she's trying to contact is Kaz on the Colossus. I mean, yeah, that, I'd like that, to see that, that. I mean, that could. Cool. I mean, for all we know, that's what's gonna. That's what the first episode back is. Is they get Kaz gets the Colossus gets the the distress call from Leia. Yeah. And by the time they get there, by, by the, the time, time they get the crate, there was maybe it, gone. maybe it still and will so be. And in <clears> the new, you know, and maybe I mean, I mean, that could be what episode what, what season two is about is about mm-hmm. trying to catch up. I will say this that they really kind of. Ha- I mean, depending on how episode nine ends, they've kind of boxed themselves themselves into i mean if episode nine ends with the end of the first order then what happens to the re- what happens to the resistance <laughs> that's what i meant what's the point you know yeah. what i mean like like Unless who do they, they have start up yeah, yeah just... who do they have to fight i mean i, I again it all, this all depends on how episode nine goes down uh that said i really i really loved the show i really loved the last few episodes and 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 i thought i, I, I was <clears throat> I, I'm super on board with season two. I can't wait for season two. I was a little yeah. bummed last Sunday. I didn't have an episode. Yeah, oh, right. No, I did, oh no, it was on last Sunday. Was it on? It last was Sunday? on last Sunday. Yeah. Okay, so this Sunday I'll be bummed when I don't have one to watch. Yeah. Um, although my app screwed up, I was so mad at my app. I actually had to talk to Xfinity to get it fixed, so oh, that I could watch on the app at like two o'clock in the afternoon. That's instead funny. of waiting until ten. Um, but uh, no, I I I super dug it, and I I, I I'm super excited for the next season. And I like how they're personalizing characters on both sides of the conflict, and yep. that there's an emotional dynamic. You know, yeah, I mean, angst. we're clearly going to see <clears throat> Tam next season with the First Order, right? So that's and that will be, add that dynamic, that emotion, so that, the so that so that person that we related to and liked in season one is now going to be fighting the other people that we liked in in season one. You know, yeah. and we might still relate to them. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. and like. And yeah. just like you know, Game of Thrones. I mean, I love the Lannisters. I love the Starks. You know? Yeah. Um. And so we might. That would be interesting if they keep that going on both sides. Right. That would be. <clears throat> and yeah. one yeah. one wish I have is that in the beginning of episode nine, uh, depending on what the uh, situation is with any allies, if Poe says, "Wait, I know somebody who can help us," and there he's got some really skilled friends i'm i'm gonna see if if we can contact him and it's that kaz gave him the coordinates of the colossus mm-hmm. and at some point they're in light speed with the falcon and they pick up kaz and the uh cb23 and cb23 and the uh the aces and they bring him back to get in the fight yeah the, yeah i mean I if mean, you're depleted by the way if you're depleted of a fleet yeah. you should pick up five six really good pilots on the Colossus and have yeah. them fight. I know? think that would be great. And I think it would, to me, it would make sense because mm-hmm. you are always going to have the force arc going on and you're going to have the battle. Yep. What better way? What better way to introduce now, Has anybody then? said or have, is, have we heard, do we know when season two is coming out? Is it coming out uh, before or after episode nine? Usually before because Rebels always ended right before... Uh, right in the spring, and then it premiered like in October. I was gonna uh, say because you don't want to, you don't want to pooch anything yeah, that might happen. Rap. You don't want, well, you don't want to pooch anything that's gonna happen in Resistance in yeah. Episode Nine. Yeah. 
you, you know, know Kaz and company or Tam, they could still be tertiary characters. Um, the general audience does not need to have an emotional connection to no, the characters. No, not at it all. It could just, it could be a special little treat for the people that like Resistance, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, without, I would without be happy just seeing, like, CB23 <clears throat> roll across the screen, you Absolutely. know, right. and some guy just in a green jacket the in the back, you know, walking around, yeah. like, yeah. see that they're there. Um, yeah, I just, need. right, I just want to see that they're there. Yeah. yeah. Like, give me that acknowledgement that this stuff actually exists in the world, mm-hmm. and not just, you know, in an animated show. But, right. uh, but yeah, guys, we're going to get that Star Wars Resistance Season 2 panel at Celebration. I'm guessing they'll have a trailer ready. Oh, yeah. Um, because the animation trailer. stuff they have ready, you know, way ahead of time. So uh, that that won't be an issue. Um, and the last thing we'll talk about tonight is Queen's Shadow. Um, oh, I've been waiting for two weeks to talk about Queen's Shadow. Yeah, okay. so Queen's Shadow is the <laughs> next book written by author of Ahsoka, E.K. Johnston. And if you guys want to listen back to a Q&A that was done with her and uh, Catherine Tabor at a local Barnes & Noble where I live here in Orlando, Florida. That is on the podcast feed on iTunes and Spreaker. It's about 36 minutes long. Uh, it was conducted by Ryan Donahoe and Daniel Barry of the Forcecast. Uh, really, really great conversation, and I highly recommend you go back and listen to that. Uh, so, Queen's Shadow. It takes place before Attack of the Clones and after Phantom Menace, so right in the middle. Uh, and you see the transition uh, from queen to senator and how the handmaidens, what their role is, and you really get a lot of stuff explained in this book. Uh, this is going to be some spoiler talk, so if you guys haven't read the book yet, uh, you can turn this off and resume once you've read it. Or if you don't care, just keep on listening. So, Jason... And Gwendy, I know you're halfway through, but uh, up until this point, what's been kind of your biggest takeaway? And have you noticed any uh, anything that has made you understand the character more and, and make you like the character more? Go, Jason. Oh, uh, well, I got a ton <laughs> of stuff. First of all, Sabe, oh, is, <laughs> Sabe is my new favorite character. Yeah. Like, my, my, like, I want to see a Sabe sequel, a Sabe, and not just because of the end. Like I liked her before they got to the end. The the icing on the cake was the very last uh, yeah. part of the book, the yeah. epilogue. But um, I just thought she was badass. I loved the uh, it related to Sabe. I loved that that Padme's um, goal after being queen uh, was to free the slaves on Tatooine, yeah. and that Sabe had been sent. To by the way, if you don't know who Sabe is and you're listening, if you haven't read the book yet, she's basically Kira Knightley from The Phantom Menace. So, yeah. but uh, what I loved was that her mission was not only to buy the slaves on Tatooine, but to specifically get Shmi, uh-huh. and that they, and that she couldn't find her because she'd already been sold, I guess, to Cleek Lars. I love that. I yeah. love that was that was probably my favorite little Easter egg part of the book. I right. loved that part. I was like, right. oh. Like what a Shmi kind is one of my sleeper characters that I would just love to know more about this matriarch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and just I, I love that that was because I thought it was like, oh, well, she did that because she liked Anakin. I was like, no, she did that because this kind woman took her in when she was on the run from the from the First Order, not the First Order, from the, um, the Trade Federation. You know, this kind, you know, this kind woman and her son, you know, who she ended up helping free. Um, 
I I loved I I kept thinking of like I loved all of the backstory of like what the girls had to do to even be in with as one of her handmaidens. Yeah. Like you sort of get the impression because they're called handmaidens that they just basically, you know, they help her with the clothes and they help her, you know, and they you right. know they did so much more stuff. I mean, and the movies make it sound like it too for the prequels. And yeah. so watching this, you, you get that depth. Yeah, like you know, they were they were all like highly trained by the military, and like they were, yeah. you know, I, I loved it. Like certain people couldn't be the queen if she, they knew she had to speak because only a few of them could do the voice. Like right, like those little things. And and I, we talked a little bit about it before the show. It, she confirmed something I thought, like kind of in my head canon when I saw the Phantom Menace for the first time, uh-huh. that I think if you don't know this, it's just a bizarre moment. Um, it's when he, it's when Qui-Gon tells the queen, who's Sabe in disguise, um, that they have to go to Coruscant, and she just, the, the, the Sabe just kind of looks over at Padme, you could tell it's Natalie Portman, um, and, and all Natalie Portman says is, we are brave, your highness, and that's when she says, okay, then we'll go. And it's like, like in my head, Ken, like that has to be some kind of code or something. And in this book... That's what they said, you know, that's what they said, that, like, that was, like, the code of, yes, do that, do the thing that, that yes, go ahead, or whatever and it, it is. it makes sense, yeah. And it makes total sense, and I was like, oh, I was, like, I was so in love with these girls. I was just, like, <laughs> these young women. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I got through this book, I was like, oh, I love this book, I can't, who do I, who do I have to talk to about this book? I love this book, like, I was like, I, I think I texted you, Dave, I'm like, have you, did you read it? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, cause I was so excited about it, about this book and it, it, you know, and it, it creates, and I don't have really talked much about Padme, but I really liked her, um, you know, her thing, like she was, she seemed to be just as lost at the end of being queen as what the other, I mean, probably more lost cause the other girls knew what they were going to do. Like one was going to be an artist and one was going to be a painter and one uh-huh. was going to be, um, and and like I love that she was like I don't know what to do. you know I don't know what I'm going to do with my myself. And then she gets to be the senator, and she's like, okay, well I'll do that. I'll also get to kind of do what I've been doing. And right, um, I thought that was great. My other favorite part, now that I think about it, was when they go to Alderaan, and her and I'm going to Brea. What's the name of 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 Leia's Breha. 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 Yeah. yeah. When they start talking about having children, and knowing. Oh yeah. And knowing that the children that they are talking about are Luke and Leia, it's like, is, is like two, like, like Leia's two mothers were talking about what it's going to be like to have kids. Right. Oh, I love the, I love that level. Yeah, looking down would, it. Do these people I, know that they're going to be the mother of Leia? Essentially, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're going to be Leia's mother. I mean, one is one is her biological mother, one's her adopted mother, and both of yeah. them. And Leia's going to take so much from the two of them. Um, I, I just loved that part, you know, I loved how on the fence Padme was about if she even wanted to have, get married and have kids. Cause like she shows up to see her parents and like her sisters just had her niece and, uh-huh. you know, there's like a part of her that really wants that. But then there's this other part of her that's very into being of service. And I think that's the other thing too, is that like, th- that was really what, I mean, if, if you're like, what does Padme want? She wants to be of service. She wants to be useful. She wants to make a difference. Um, I think the only thing I was I was slightly disappointed, not really disappointed. I just I guess I had had the wrong impression was the Clovis character because uh-huh. they had made a, in that, that one arc of Clone Wars they had made it sound like the relationship between Clovis and Padme was a lot deeper 
Mm-hmm. And I kept sort of waiting for that to happen to that to the point where it's just like, oh, because I thought Clovis because watching that episode, I guess because Anakin gets so angry. Yeah. I'm jealous of Clovis. I just assumed that they had like a really deep relationship and they come to find out they worked on the bill and he tried to kiss her and she was like, no. Right. And and that was the end of it. And I was like, oh, OK. Not that I was pushing Chris. I caught the. I thought the guy was kind of a douchebag. I wasn't really. I wasn't really. I mean, I really wasn't hoping that they were in a relationship. Yeah. I kept waiting for that moment where you're like, "Oh, well, he is. He's not a douchebag." But he ended up being a douchebag all the way to the end, even to the point where he <laughs> kissed her. And I thought, and I thought him trying to kiss her was like such a Me Too moment. She's like, "No, you were not doing this." <laughs> right, right. I love that she said, like, she she like put on her queen voice, and she was like, "You have to go. I'm not. I'm not doing this." Like, she was serious about that. So yeah. But yeah, I I loved it. I'm sorry. I wish I had more of a of a. Uh, a laid out thing of all the parts I loved, just and wasn't jumping around so much. But I was, I was so excited when I got through with that book. Like I, like I, like I, like I never in a million years thought I would dislike it, but I, I didn't expect to be so jazzed at the end of it as I was. You know, I was like, like yeah. that's a really good book. That's a real. I, I think I haven't liked a Star Wars book that much since Catalyst, and that really? was the kind of prequel to yeah, the Rogue, to Rogue One prequel. One. For me, I it's think, Bloodline. I love Bloodline. Oh, love Bloodline is great. <laughs> I'll have to try. I'll, I tried to get into. I couldn't get into Bloodline. I don't know why. Maybe I, just, I, I actually really like Ahsoka, and mm-hmm. again, E.K. Johnston. Uh, to me, my my top three. Well, really, it's hard to say that any of them are even like, eh, because they're not. All of them have, been, have written great books. You know, mm-hmm. you have Christy Golden, who wrote. Uh, Dark Disciple and Inferno Squad, uh, Claudia Gray with Bloodline. Now April sixteenth, Master and Apprentice comes out. I already um, got it pre-ordered. Really so, looking forward to that one. Yeah, uh, I wish I had it the day before. Now. I could listen to it on the way back on the plane. But oh well. Yeah. So <laughs> this. And I have book... several. I have several thoughts about Queen Shadow too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go I ahead. just, as usual, though, mine are like top down, like per side ones. But um, but um, as usual, Star Wars. There's multiple levels to a story. And on one level, I can, you know, the handmaidens and Padme, um, it's a celebration of female companionship and collaboration. And Padme is such an underdeveloped character up until this point, and essentially serves as just a plot device for the development of Anakin's character and the development and creation of Luke and Leia. And so to to actually and, and you know the foil for Anakin, but to actually see her enriched is is good on one level. On the other level. Um, nothing is ever random about the timing of, of the enrichment of the Star Wars saga. And so, and I always do this, I, I, still, um, <clears throat> I still always look at the positioning of how and why the story was dropped now. Uh-huh. You know, um, And I still believe that there's rhyme and reason to that. And so I'm, I'm always looking for ways it ties in and why they're putting Padme into the collective consciousness of Star Wars viewers before Episode Nine, right? And so I'm just I'm looking forward to that. And I, like I said, I'm not finished yet, but it's um I know I know enough, and I've been spoiled, so it's cool. But um, because I like spoilers, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't spoilers don't bother me because I there's I, there's, a, I there's actually I, a lot that we haven't even touched on. Yeah. Yet. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I just look at it from those levels, like, you know, how and why the story is dropped. Why now? And honestly, uh-huh. I think it's all it, it goes back to what we we're originally talking about. I really do think we're going to it's all going to come back um, to uh, an, a, a story that Benioff and Weiss make about the about the ultimate creation of Shmi from the force being so fractured 
from mm-hmm. the differing philosophies. And because I just, there's so much material you can get into with the creation of Shmi and the creation of Padme. Why then and now were these two women, you know, born? And it's just, I don't know, it, I just look at it from that way. There's a positioning issue with, with why the story came out now. Uh-huh. And, you know, Disney is not dumb this way. They don't just haphazardly put out stories. Oh, right. we haven't done it. We haven't done a character study on this person. No, they're not like that. Yeah. If, There's if, reasons for this. Right. If you look at each sort of uh, run for yeah. a series of books, it was yeah. The Journey to the Force Awakens. Every book there, like, led you to The Force Awakens, gave you crucial information. Thank you. They yes. did. The same for The Last Jedi, The Legends of Luke Skywalker. Bloodline They're, came out before Last Jedi and explained yeah. a lot. It explained yeah. how that how old Ben Solo was when he turned. You know, explained all kind of the, the the quagmire around the turning of Ben Solo, including yeah. you know him never knowing that he was a Skywalker, yeah. thinking that all this time he was a Prince of Alderaan. I mean, it, it just it it gives you so much depth and and so there has to be a reason why Padme yeah. is at the forefront and yeah. Sabe. And, and and not only for the movies. And Naboo. But Naboo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why Does I think... Does this mean uh, we'll see Naboo? I think the prequels are going to have a heavy influence on episode nine. Yeah, uh, me too. Because I they think have they to. have to. They have to bring it around. Yeah. They have to bring it around the clock, you know, and, and set it back to zero. Like... And they... Yeah. This is how specific they are. They are dropping the Galaxy's Edge novel, Black Spire, two days before Galaxy's Edge opens here in Orlando. That is how specific. Thank you, Dave. That's what I mean. They, they know are. exactly what they're doing and they want Naboo. They want Padme's story. They want, they want that into the consciousness injected. Even if you don't read the story, they want that injected because yeah. they hear about it, you know? And yeah. they, so like, okay, so I've heard that this happens and that Padme is this or that. They, they want that injected into the consciousness of the story before you go into episode nine's theater. Mm-hmm. To the theater for episode nine, sorry. But yeah. But anyway, and that's my thoughts. No, and I think you're totally right. And even with the celebration badges that I've been seeing uh, people post pictures, the VIP Jedi Pass, the artwork for that is Qui-Gon. The press badge, I think, is uh, Padme. They're- they're bringing it around, Dave. They're, They're bringing, bringing it, it all around. Yes. Because they have to do what? They have to have the rhyming, the balance. Yeah. yeah. Star and, Wars uh, has to rhyme. So it has to come back to the beginning. And again, with the hat that has that Stormtrooper uh, mask lining on it, it's also got a reference to the Clone Trooper uh, helmet. And so, I'm so here for it. I love it. I love the fact that they're not just because a lot of people thought going into the sequel trilogy that they're just going to completely retcon almost not complete. You know, yeah. that they're going to keep the canon of it, but they're just going to completely ignore the characters and the stories of for the prequel trilogy. No, because the essential story was beautiful. It just was executed a little poorly. Right. That's all. Right. Um, well, plus, the Last Jedi story, they mentioned they mentioned Darth Sidious, which is the first time that do. he's ever mentioned. I mean, he's. They 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 never in the original trilogy they never mentioned Palpatine's name they just kept calling right. him the Emperor, and it's so um, cool that Luke said it like that. Yeah, but Darth the fracturing Sidious. of the Force is so critical that because so, the prequels essentially can, they they acknowledge the fracturing of the Force. The Force was technically already fractured. That's why Shmi you know became pregnant with you know the Skywalkers to bring it back in balance, but. 
they sh- but the fracturing of the Force and why the Jedi were, you know, have fallen into corruption and created a, a scenario where Anakin could fall, um, it is so critical that that story remains and that it um, it affects the the what's happening and the balance and how they're going to address both the light and the dark of the Episode Nine, you know, story and characters. And it's just, and and for people that thought that they were just going to just ignore that these things ever happened, that that ignores the whole basis for why we even have episode four through set. I mean, four and through 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 nine. You know, without without the prequel trilogy and the themes that were introduced, there's no point to what's happening right now, because we still don't know why the Skywalkers were chosen. The Force has not completed its work there. And we're so. we're gonna find all of this out very very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, nothing happens for no reason. Thank you. So, yeah. uh, guys, that concludes today's episode. Uh, thank you for sticking around. It was a long one today, but uh, I'm sure we kept your interest with uh, <laughs> some of the feistiness today because <laughs> it's a Friday. We should do Fridays more. Yeah, right? Sunday mornings were like. Ugh. <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's Sundays were just real laid back, and then Fridays yeah. were like, no! Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really something. So, uh, yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back, let's see, next Monday with a new episode. Um, at this time, the, our interview with E.K. Johnston should be up, so head on over and listen to that. She's going to get into all things Queen's Shadow. Also, uh, head on over to T Public. If you want some cool shirts, cool hoodies, phone cases, pillows, whatever you want to get, uh, head on over to our store in Tee Public. Rate, review, and share the podcast on iTunes. Also, if you want to become a patron on Patreon, all you got to pledge is $1. That's it. Uh, we're going to hopefully very soon add some stuff onto Patreon. We're still finalizing some things with our debate show that we want to do. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. scheduling. We have people that want to come on. It's just a matter of finding the right time. So, uh, yeah, guys, thank you for listening to the show. Come back next week. So until then, may the Force be with you, always. Always. I do, my fellow followers of the Force, Miss Gwendy, David, Jason, it's Anthony, Rural Farm Boy in that Twitterverse. Just home this evening, maybe an hour or two for you, and it's going to sit down and record. And, well, dang. I bet you'll have a fully packed up show night because just, what was it, hour and a half ago, Star Wars Celebration done released the entire schedule for all of Celebration, and it's packed. And, well, something for Jason because he's going for a day. Miss Gwendy and David, yeah, and me, and a bunch of others. We're not able to for whatever various reasons. So I'm going to be following along on that live stream and I'll have this here iPod that I'm talking at you on in my hand while I'm watching the live stream. And maybe we can stir up some conversation in the Twitterverse while we're watching all the fun stuff we're going to see going on. And also... I tried helping you yesterday, Dave. You was throwing up in that Twitterverse when I seen you was getting ready to go to Star Wars Trivia. 
I done all I could to maybe give a hand. Some other folks jumped in there too. I even saw if you've been seeing in that Twitterverse, there's a new Star Wars podcast, couple of girls in Chicago. Yeah, then um, Miss Laura and Alice, Force Toast. Alice jumped in there because she's a trivia champ. And maybe if you don't know, there's going to be a Star Wars trivia showdown Collider's doing, yeah? Well, Miss Laura from that there very same show is in the Fatal Five way with four others. Amongst which will be Molly Damon. So this is really... <laughs> we'll see how all that goes. But, enjoying your show. Keeps doing what I can do to help you out in that Twitterverse. And get some more other folks in there. Folks know I listen to a lot of shows. And I recently been on one fellow across that pond. Johnny Orm, my Star Wars life debt. You've seen him in that Twitterverse. Yeah, me and him had a bit of a talk. That was fun. But, on with your show. And I'll look forward to when, when it falls in my playlist because I will be listening along. So until that time, may the force be with each of you. Miss Wendy, David, and Jason. See you on the radio. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.